With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning. Trudy Clausen here this morning. Um, hope everybody's opened up their greenhouse before they headed off to work and watered their plants because they're going to need it uh, today. So uh, I'm really pleased today with my guest. I've got Paige, Patience Ricacci of PG Air. Welcome, Patience. Thank you, Trudy. All right. So let's just begin. Um, who are you, Patience? And uh, and then we'll talk about who is PG Air. Yeah, just quickly, because I I'm, I'm really am here to, to talk about PGR today, but I'm uh, born and raised in Prince George on the traditional and unceded territory of the Clay Litanay, and I'm very happy to be so, um, and I guess you guys are broadcasting from there today, too, as well, yep. so, um, yeah, I went to university here, uh, I have a master's in science, and uh, I am a forester, I'm a registered professional forester, and I've been practicing for quite some time. So that's a little bit of my background. I I still practice forestry, but I was asked to assist with the PGR file, and uh, and I'm and I'm enjoying it so far. I, I'm very new. I'm the general manager, and I'm uh, just learning the ropes and uh, getting my feet wet, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and what a way to do that yeah. and come come on the air, <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> yes, yes, I know that's a bit of pressure. I thank you for the opportunity because this is a perfect way to get well get started. Actually. I mean, it forces you to do that, right? It does. It does. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes it's like, ah, okay. Never mind. And then it's like, oh, okay, no, I've no, got to. This yeah. is all good. Yeah. So um, are, is your position full-time with PG Air? No, actually, it's not. It's just I work uh, I work a couple days a week on the file. Okay. And, all right. Uh, yeah. And so I work the, with a board of directors that, uh, that are all volunteer. And, right. Uh, yeah. And your position is a paid one. Yes. Okay. Currently. Yeah. All right. And, um, and what do you do right now still as a forester? Oh, um, well, I help um, individual... <laughs> I, I, that's a tough one. I do quite a bit of thing. I stuff. I do fire, uh, fire danger rating reporting and uh, some urban interface management for some communities, some silviculture stuff. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I do quite a bit of forest stewardship planning as well. I, it, it just depends on what people want. I, right. Okay. It, so you're like a consultant then? Like you work on your own or? Yeah, I work on my own. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neat. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about PGR. So. Yeah, please. Um, it started off. It has a new name, right? It's the Prince George Air Improvement Roundtable, but mm-hmm. it was a technical committee back in 1995 when it first formed in response to what was in industrial emissions at the time they felt yep. were needing to be monitored. And uh, so there was a technical committee formed and they developed uh, a phase one plan. And, uh, that, and then in 1998, they kind of transitioned into an implementation committee. And the implementation committee, of course, set out to, in, to, to implement phase one of the plan. Right. And then in, towards 2006, um, they developed uh, a phase two plan. And then there was a mayor's, uh, council or mayor's, mayor's committee formed, um, to make, to, to look into how, how things were going and, 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 how the monitoring was working and then they decided that they would form the the round table kind of came out of that i guess to put it in a nutshell just as a third party so it was separate from the city it was the city the regional district and the ministry of uh the old ministry of environment back in the day that originally formed the first committee okay and the and what were the concerns at the time 
air, air quality. Air quality, like the, especially often Prince George. It, often the smell of sulfur. Yes. And, and rotten egg smell in the air back in those days. And, uh, as, and I think everybody that lives here has, if they haven't noticed, maybe they will note that that, that, that smell has subsided quite a bit. Yeah. And that's to do with a lot of the work on the, on, on the part of PG Air and, yeah, in, in looking at emissions and reductions and getting people to just pay attention to what they're putting into the air. Mm, all right. And so phase one, what did that in, involve? Uh, do you, okay, you don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is it the monitoring maybe? No, no, no. no. That it, it, Phase one was just the plan in, ter- in terms of how they were okay. going to set out and what right. they were going to tackle. And then okay. it's just built on. We have a completely new strategic plan now Okay, um, that's that's built around um, three different goals. And uh, it's uh, 20, 2022 to 2026. So it's a five-year plan um, set out to engage individuals. And um, um, there's education and outreach goals. Uh, a mon- well, we don't monitor. There is a monitoring working group that's separate, that's um, industry based. So okay, yeah, all right. Um, so um, you've, I know that you've got some notes there and things yeah. that you wanted to. So just go ahead and, and talk about the next thing that you had, yeah, or guess, not not the next segment, but the next. No, no, I guess because I guess, what I've got written here is we're talking like about the various different emitter, emitters, both point source and yeah. non point source. Yeah. So well. So I just I'll back up a little bit. Prince George okay. Air is nonprofit, um, and we receive funding from a couple of primary sources, um, and then we work to identify um, and apply to other funding sources to help leverage that ex- existing funding, right. and then drive projects forward. Um, and so, who are your um, who are your funders, and who are who's sitting on the board? Like, what kind of makeup so, is that? Um, it's a it, there's a broad spectrum on the board um, of the community uh, represented by the board. Pardon me. Um, and currently, it includes members of the public. Uh, local and provincial government agencies, specifically yeah. the City of Prince George, um, Ministry of Environment, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Um, we have some industry representation uh, and community groups, and then academia, like UMBC, mm-hmm. and then health agencies. Northern Health also sits on the board. Okay. Um, yeah, and we've had uh, Ministry of Transportation and CN Rail at the, at the table as well, but those uh, positions are currently vacant, and we're really hoping to recruit representatives from the commercial and transportation sector so that we can troubleshoot some of those areas um, in, in terms of air quality that we are facing in the region. And we're also really hoping that we can have a Clayton member mm-hmm. join us as well here soon. So okay. we're working on that towards that. All right. So what um, you said uh, once before, I think when we were talking, that sort of this is a, a rebirth or a renewal of PG Air. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I, from what I understand, um, yes, so you're as, new, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the board, the board really is. It's it, everybody volunteers to sit that sit at that table, and everybody has a job that they also do. Um, yeah. So it's it is done often. That these things are done on off the side of the desk, and as the the big one hit in 2020, yeah. things kind of took a little bit of a back burner, and yeah. the dynamics of the group changed, and you know they still. They still were fulfilling their their mandate, but maybe not as as much as they really yeah. wanted to. And and lots of the activities took a back seat, and things had to be kind of postponed. And now it's just sort of a little bit of a reinvigoration as I we see. move forward, and okay. making sure that we're back out there with the public, making sure the public's aware that there is, you know, there is a group, the, the, there is a group of passionate people that um, are working to keep the air in our region. Um, 
good quality. Yeah. We, we just happen to be, Prince George just happens to be that airshed that, that does experience, um, you know, between, apart, or just apart from em, the emissions, just the way that we are situated in inversions and, st- and stuff like that. Right. And we get days like where, you know, we get extreme heat events and no wind and there's that, that de- degrades the air quality as well. And so, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, and and it's it's a problem with a lot of BC communities, isn't it? Like with be, simply because of how we're built. I mean, we've got mountains and hills, and mm-hmm. and then uh, you know our settlements happen where lower by the rivers, right? Yeah, there are very yeah, and there are a number of airshed groups across the province as well, mm-hmm. and they are same thing. Are focused on on just making sure that the industry and the community is at the table to be mindful cognizant and mindful of of what they're doing and and to make those little choices you know individuals like you and i we can't do what industry can do but we can make these little daily choices like ride our bike or walk or um just and and being and i guess just to be informed of the things that you can do to and those are just small there's lots of things a person can do to help with air quality but yeah. uh but yeah. yeah so there's there are groups across the central interior and uh, i'm just starting to get to know those and hopefully our plans are to kind of work together so. yeah um with the i mean everybody like we all relate really well and we know what you're talking about when you're talking about sulfur right and the mm. smell of the rotten eggs yeah and um i mean how has that been going um has there been a reduction i mean like we might have noticed, but on the other hand, sometimes we don't notice things until somebody says something. Yeah, until go, oh, some- yeah, actually, I haven't smelled that in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what's been going on there? Well, I wasn't. I certainly wasn't around at the time, but there, there definitely since. Um, especially between 2010 and 2019, there's been a decrease over that 10-year period of the sulfur dioxide in the air. Okay. Um, I, I can't speak to the emitters or anything like that. That wouldn't, that definitely wouldn't yeah. be my place. But, um, but yeah, there's there's a number we've we've been focused on um, some of, some of the uh, NOx compounds like from emissions um, and ozone. Yep. Uh, NOx is what nitrous oxides. Like okay. The, there's a whole group of them. Okay. Um, and they range. From there's a whole range of them, and I don't want yeah. to get into the chemistry, yeah. but um, yeah. So mo- we've had some. Of, some of it's been stable. Um, some of it's been decreasing, and then our the one that we're really focused on as a group are the particulate matters, which have been still on the increase. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Over All right. The last little while. Okay. Um, just getting back to the sulfur dioxide, like the rotten egg smell. No, just. Um, uh, so I know industry has been working to reduce that, but I mean it, that's. I remember a few years ago I was reading a little bit about this and it seemed that that's actually not the one that hurts us the most. So like if you look at the airshed in its entirety, what's what are the things that are causing the most like do you know do you know that like the, the most health the particulate matter is a, is a big one. So that's uh, not the it, sulfur dioxide. No. no. Oh. Uh, the particulate matter actually embeds itself in your lungs and over time um causes inflammation and then that inflammation leads to other things and i'm, I'm definitely not a health expert but no um, but but that yeah that but, was my understanding when i was reading that and it was surprising right because we always think something that we smell has got to be worse right it's mm, uh, a sign of something but uh, yeah but yeah there's all kinds of compounds in the huh, end so, that's interesting yeah. that's interesting yeah so um has industry um so in order, like, for instance, like you were saying about the the reduction of the sulfur, is that something industry has worked really hard at? Or like, do yeah, we... Absolutely. Like, what have they done yeah, in order absolutely. to reduce that? Absolutely. I, I think, um, I mean, industry gets a bit of a bad rap, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm pro anything, but I mean, that that's part of the 
um, emissions that we deal that we don't really deal they're they're regulated there's there's regulations in place um, under the uh, yeah. the environmental agency yeah. Yeah. yeah and the acts and the regulations um, for discharge so they have they have permits on right. how much they can actually put into the air and that's they monitor yeah and they report and um, and and they're they're at the table too in communicating and the individuals that are at those tables are members of the community they're raising their families here too they they care yeah. and they're doing what they can in terms of staying abreast of new technologies and what they can actually be doing to to change what they're doing and it's it and none of this is a quick fix or a quick yeah. a quick process these things take time they're costly and you really have to go you know is that the best thing to be doing in terms of right and triage yeah like looking okay what has the biggest impact so what has indus so um you've got like in the notes that we were exchanging before you got point source and non-point source yeah. Uh, what are those? What does that mean? So point source is literally those the emissions that you can see coming from a specific location, um, like the pulp mill. The pulp mill. Yeah. You um, even restaurants have as a point source yeah. of emissions. Um, so that's it's it's in a location and then um, the <laughs> non point pardon non point non-point source emissions are things like transportation and, okay. and things that are that aren't. They're, they travel around and are right. emitted all over the place. Okay. So is that things like, because uh, one thing that I've, we've often wondered about, okay, you know, you, you buy a new set of tires and you're driving down the road mm-hmm. and then a few years, whatever, two years later, your tires are worn down. Like, where does all that go? Exactly. It's into, not laying on the, the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's into the environment. Well, some of it winds up in the air, a small particulate matter, and some of it does wind up on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. But our roads aren't getting bigger over the years, are they? No, no, no. It becomes, <laughs> it's dust. It's in the, comes in the form of dust often. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, um, has industry, like, in, from just from what you've been involved with in terms of uh, industry, like, have you? Um, I know that there, there's certainly been buy-in. I mean, there's been a lot of pressure to to change how industry is done, and yet at the same time, we these are also the industries that keep us alive, like that provide exactly. us our jobs, provide us our our wealth. Yeah. Um, how do you balance that? Well. I don't, <laughs> but they, yeah, I don't know how well I could speak to that actually. Um, they, I think for the most part, the industry that exists here is doing, um, they are, they're kind of mandated might be, they're mandated sort of to be at the table, mm-hmm. um, and to be participating in air quality and air quality monitoring. Um, and I think, Ours are what we kind of focus on is those emergence to the airshed, and so you you sort of have a limit of what you can actually put into the air, and the emitters that are here have an amount that they can put out. Okay, and then yeah. if you get new entrance into the emergence entrance into the airshed, um, you know what what's the number going to look like? What are they going to be allowed to oh, put golly. in if they're an emitter? Who, who decides that? The How Ministry does... of Environment. Um, so does that mean like that? It's really hard. F- for a new industry to start that's going to be uh, putting pollutants in the air? Yes and no. Yeah? Um, I, yeah, there's, there's been a few that have kind of have come in and then didn't really get any traction. Um, and I can't, I can't really speak to those situations, but I just, I think the greater public's aware of some yes. of Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well, it's time for our break, and we'll be back talking with Patience Rikachi of PG Air. 
Join us each week for music and the spoken word featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the spoken word with the Tabernacle Choir. Now heard Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to Patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Copar Administration is celebrating 25 years of providing quality employment services to communities in B.C. and Alberta. Whether you are looking for a job or looking to hire, the key is finding the right fit. The friendly team at Copar can help with hiring events, resume, cover letter and interview assistance, wage subsidies, training, new hire supports, and more. The best part is all of Copar's employment services are free. Find the right fit today. Contact Copar Administration at coparadmin.ca. People for jobs, jobs for people. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, with winds in the northwest at 20, a high of 31 with a very high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight, northwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 13. For Friday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon, with winds in the northwest at 20, a high of 29 with a very high UV index. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, back with Patience Ricacci of PG Air. And just during the break, so we'll, um, because there was a question here in the studio about, oh gosh, the advocacy group for clean air. And they oh, sit Pacha. at the table. Yeah, pa- they do. Pacha? Pacha. Pacha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They sit at the table. Yeah. Okay. Because I was sort of thinking that they were the same thing. No. No. Okay. No, they are, they're, they're, uh, um, they're an advocacy group for clean air, just, separate from the Prince George Air okay. Roundtable, but we have a representative that sits at the table from Pacha. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, our what I had written down next to talk about was vehicle emissions. Um, is that where you want to go or do you have got, have you got something else before we continue? Uh, we can talk about transportation emissions, but I thought that would be a segue into our last topic, but okay. um, I well, was let, prepared oh. to talk about dust a little bit. Okay. Well, let's talk about so dust. I, uh, yeah. So... Um, I wanted to to talk about the two particulate matters that we're kind of really concerned about, and that's PM10 and PM2.5, and that really is based on the size of the molecule that we're talking about, PM10 being a bit larger and PM2.5, of course, being smaller. Um, I don't know if I can give you an idea. I guess the human hair is about 50 microns wide, and PM10, of course, is 10 microns, so that gives you a little bit of an idea, and then 2.5, of course, is... 2.5 2.5 smaller, yeah. so it's that much smaller and you can picture that when you inhale them they really can get stuck in your lungs okay so, so what's the problem um like when it gets stuck in your lungs um, i mean we well, cough we, we get rid of lots of it right and yeah. we and i'm not a doctor so yeah. i can't i can't talk to that but it does um it increases um respiratory dis- uh, distress um can lead to um asthma and think chronic chronic lung um, I mean and lungs. there's really very little little that you can do about that right because no. because even 
um, like wearing a mask is not going to get filter a lot of that, right? Oh, well, it depends. Uh, that completely depends on the type of mask. And again, I'm okay. not I'm not a professional on that. I know yeah. I know where we're seeing the the stuff coming from, and then yeah, there there are things that that individuals and even industry can do to keep the dust down in our in our region. Okay, so, so talk a little bit about that. So um, the PM10, we know, we, and, and part of part of being able to manage the airshed is knowing what what's in it and where it's coming from so that we can we can come up with projects to address okay the, address the emissions into the air the pollutants yeah. into the air so pm10 contributions to the airshed include winter traction material uh, depending on how fine that is it it varies and okay it varies so like the, the sand air. and the yeah the sand and the gravel that's put on the year uh, on the uh, yearly on the to get us around and, and you know when it crosses over with safety too we have to have it out there but there's varying uh, varying degrees and, and grades of that material um uh of course dust from unpaved roads uh and then emissions from wood processing industries wood dust as as we we know we're well aware of in a, in a sawmill town um and then uh, you know wood burning um, from wildfire smoke and stuff like that so th- those are sources uh, big sources of our pm10 and then our pm2.5 um, <clears throat> comes from industrial activities, uh, transportation, uh, wood burning, and other commercial industries. So, well, how, sorry, commercial activities. Okay, okay. So, um, and that is all of that is monitored through. Um, that might be a question. Like, if, well, the the minister. Uh, the the Plaza 400 building has a huge comprehensive um, monitoring station on top of it. Okay. And the Ministry of Environment collects data and right. can report out on it. Um, okay. So, and through that analysis, they can figure out what this what's what's in the air. We know we know daily where. So the I mean the the levels of any pollutant are that are that are in the air. There's I'm. I'm I'm trying to think of the word, but it's regulated, and the government comes up yeah. with those amounts. What's safe, to, you know, and to keep us out of that. But I mean, they can tell whether it's and they can tell where if it's reaching the you know within the provincial objectives or in the, uh, the air emission standards. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So what has been done? Um, like and like is is I think you were saying the particulate matter has not been decreasing. In fact, it's been increasing. It's been over? increasing. Yeah. So what what is so the cause working. of that? Is that simply just an increased amount of activity? Somewhat. Um, and, and other things going on. I can't speak to all of it. We're in the process of we do we do know where some of it is, and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus today. So okay. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we're just we're thinking about, and we'll be designing projects around around that um, particular particulate <laughs> yes okay so what what can be done to mitigate some of this um some of the dust because i mean i one of the things that's often talked about in, in like in terms of the city is that we need to increase the number of people that are downtown well i'm assuming that downtown is the place that has the worst air quality right is that a fair assumption to make um, yeah probably i think more your urban your urban concentrations yeah generally simply because yeah, there's simply because there's more people in them vehicle, yeah. vehicles vehicles is one of the bigger ones but right in terms I, of the ha- harmful so i mean how do we balance that like okay so we want to have more people downtown because of the other benefits of of doing that you're talking about businesses and stuff as far as yeah um, or? well okay so if you're if you want to grow your downtown mm-hmm. it there's other things that happen as well and 
or and if you want to grow your city, you need more industry. Yeah, you want to attract people and you yes. want to retain them. And you want to sure. retain them. So how do you how um if more people downtown means more people are going to be exposed to increasing levels of dust, how do we balance that? Like how what's what's the what what are the kinds of conversations that you're having at the table for well, around the, that? The big one that uh, community members need to be aware of the bylaws the city has bylaws around dust so we need to be obeying the 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 the, the dust bylaw the right. um, air quality so what are those kinds of things so that- um dust control procedures are uh per- Sorry, suppression liquids are used on the roads um, prior to sweeping. So, yes. So we see that when we see the sweeper in the spring, especially yep. when they're driving down the road and they've got water. And yep. it's not just in the streets. It's in lots and loading areas. So not just not just along the main main thoroughfares, but anybody that has a parking lot that they want to sweep should do it under, you know, in moist, damp conditions, not on a dry, hot day where it oh, releases okay, into the yeah. air. Do it at a time when it makes sense to keep the dust down. So, because I was... You know, that's it. That's exactly because I remember, I don't know, it was sometime this year we were driving somewhere and 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 you know how you you, you take you have a certain uh, level of things that you take for granted. And then but then we're driving along and we see this massive cloud of dust mm. and, you know, it, it struck us because it was like, oh, this is not an ordinary thing. So whoever that was, whatever, I don't even remember where it was. I just remember it. And it's going, whoa, they shouldn't be doing that. If they could have just waited for a day when it was just a little bit wetter. And and part of that, too, is thinking ahead and thinking about that, like incorporating that into your uh, lot maintenance plans. Do it when, you know, earlier in the morning um, when it when it is damp or you you just have to plan around that that type of thing. But part of it also, too, is not just tackling it all at once, but conscientiously maintaining it over time, too. And it's just just little steps right it's not and and some of that some of time some some of those things will be possible and some of them won't but if people are well aware of what they need to be paying attention to that's the i think that's the key is okay all planning. right yeah so um what are the sort of the plans that you've got for that before we just to finish this off this part probably working with that is actually it's funny that we got on that because there's other things i was i was going to talk about in terms of you know vegetation and things that we can oh well, let's right? talk about that and after we, uh, <laughs> yeah. we have time but yeah um yeah we'll be working with the with um you know industry primarily okay. probably over time all right all right i've got uh we've got time for a break here uh, i'm talking with patience ricacci of pg air Theatre Northwest's Summer Workshop Series wraps up August 27th with Workshop 3, Putting It Together. This workshop will demonstrate a variety of acting techniques and approaches to rehearsing scenes with a partner or an ensemble. Attendance of previous workshops is recommended, but not required. Registration and more details are available through the Shows and Events menu link at theaternorthwest.com. Summer Workshop 3, Putting It Together, Saturday, August 27th from 1 to 4.30 at Theatre Northwest. The Grizzly Bear Foundation is a charitable organization dedicated to the welfare of the grizzly bear across North America. Guided by science and indigenous knowledge, the Grizzly Bear Foundation works with indigenous partners to support the conservation of grizzly bears through research, public education, and advocacy. Indigenous-led conservation encoded within traditional teachings, song, dance, art, and laws of First Nations serve as an essential knowledge in grizzly bear conservation. For more information on the Grizzly Bear Foundation, visit Grizzly Bear foundation.com organizations wanting to become a more inclusive and accessible employer are invited to take a 15-minute disability inclusive employer self-assessment 
The assessment will help you gain a deeper understanding of where you're doing well and where there's room to improve. For more information or to access the assessment tool, visit disabilityinclusion.ca. The Disability Inclusive Employer Self-Assessment is made available by Open Door Group and President's Group, two organizations committed to improving employment for people with disabilities in Canada. The Seniors Resource Center needs front desk and administration assistant volunteers. Regular three- and four-hour weekly shifts are available to answer phones, greet visitors, and assist the better-at-home coordinator. Volunteers must have a friendly manner and good communication skills and will be subject to a criminal record check. For more information, email ed at pgcos.ca or drop by the Seniors Resource Center at 7th and Victoria to pick up an application form. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Trudy Clausen here with Patience Ricacci of PG Air. So uh, let's segue into wood smoke. Yeah. And what have you got on that? Well, I guess I, I'll back up just uh, just briefly because I, I should have said that, um, you know, that we have kind of three primary areas that we do are able to focus on because, like I said, a lot of emissions are regulated and that's not really our place. There's stuff that happens there. But in terms of the dust, um, wood smoke are, and, uh, and, and emissions are the, are like anti-idling. Those are the kind of the three areas okay. that we focus okay. on. Yep. And we just briefly touched on dust. And I will also add that if anybody wants to know more about these programs and what, and, and what the group is doing, just please do check out the PG Air Quality, um, website. And if you just Google PG Air or PG Air Quality, you'll, you'll, you'll nail it right away, okay. I'm sure. Um, so wood smoke is another one and, and we do oversee the provincial wood stove exchange program. So as, as you know, in a northern community, uh, there's lots of us that, that heat with wood and we have done so for years. Um, and it, but it is a significant source of air pollution, and it comes from both outdoor burning, like land clearing um, fires, of course, and from indoor appliances like wood stoves and fireplaces. Right. Um, using wood heat is popular in many areas of BC, especially up here, as I just said, in the northern regions of the province. Unfortunately, um, wood smoke from home heating contributes about 27% of the particulate 2.5 matter to the emissions in BC. And Prince George is right in, right in there where they're 27 to 28%. Some communities are even higher. Um, some of the more northern, more rural communities where it is wood smoke. And that's a lot of it. it there's a number of reasons why that is. Older wood stoves that aren't, you know, that don't have catalytic converters in them. Uh, for instance, not curing your wood properly, you know, getting it a season ahead and letting it let, letting your wood dry and season, and then also maintaining the wood stove itself so that it burns cleanly as possible. So burning it clean is really really important. But we do we look after the provincial wood stove exchange program. As I was saying, it's actually going to be changing from that program. It's going to be called the Community Wood Smoke Reduction Program. Oh, and they're kind okay. of in, it's yeah they're embracing a few other things, but uh, um, yeah the so the good news is that smoke from wood heating can be reduced by using clean burning practices and clean burning appliances. Uh, just remaining conscious of how we, how to burn uh, more efe- efficiently and effectively goes a long way to reducing those emissions. Um, using um, as I said, modern clean burning wood heating appliances, um, it doesn't eliminate wood smoke but it can reduce it substantially. Um, the 
community wood smoke reduction program, as I said, it's going to be now be called, is designed to provide a bit of a financial incentive to, for individuals to replace their old wood stove with cleaner heating options, such as heat pumps. Um, those have to meet BC Hydro's heat pump rebate standards as well. Uh, gas stoves. I'll say more about that in a moment. And even um, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency certified wood um, and or pellet stoves are inserts and or inserts are part of that program. So if you're looking at upgrading or replacing your wood stove, there's a little bit of financial incentive to assist with that. Okay. So the the question that I had, and I mm-hmm. think I uh, asked in the emails that we exchanged, is mm-hmm. that so in an area where we have power outages, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got 30 below in the winter. And sometimes those two things happen at the same time. They do. And so how... Um, so, I mean, that's one reason that people will continue using wood stoves. And because all of the other sources require electricity, isn't that They the do. Yeah, even even your natural gas. So yeah. um, everything, uh, the fan, um, the ignition to those furnaces all mm-hmm. require electricity to go. So we do, in, in the north, most of us somehow have um, whether it's a generator or a wood stove or something we'll have a backup source of heat yeah because we like outages. don't want to freeze to death heat pumps are no different um and they are they're the technology the technological advancements in heat pumps has leaps and bounds over the last few years and we do we do have heat pumps they are more expensive but there are heat pumps that do function up here in the north down to you know minus 25 i've even heard minus 30 i can't i can't i don't have experience with that but and when you say function it means that what they're they doing do really well they 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 draw heat out of the air and move it into your home, and that's they function no different than your fridge. Your fridge right. is a heat pump; just works in the reverse, right? That's right. one that everybody's probably familiar with. But okay, and this one, and so a heat pump works in reverse. Well, a fridge moves the hot air from the fridge to the outside, the coils in the back of the fridge. But a heat pump would be taking the hot air from outside and bring it in at into minus twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, there's heat. I know it's hard to believe there's heat in there. So, and I do know, especially in the colder environments, it would be, so you could have, you would have it set up that your heat pump would be your primary source or supply of heat to the home to a certain threshold. Yeah. And then you may have baseboards or some other form of heat in the home that when the heat pump is not quite meeting your you know, say 20 degrees or whatever you have your house set at, then your electric would also kick in and, and, and augment the heat pump. But your heat pump would be your primary source of, of input to heat, of heat to the home. Okay. Um, I'm not an expert on heat no. pumps. I, but I have an uncle who's an electrician, and I went and picked his ear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I mean, is there is there any movement? I mean, is there a way to get, I mean, heat pumps, uh, but also natural gas? Is it a way, is there a is anyone thinking of ways and maybe the, I mean this is not you know but but I mean practically speaking right we 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 all need heat to survive our winters mm-hmm. and is there a way that we can make those systems those delivery systems like natural gas um to function without electricity, like in those events when we have power outages, I, I don't, I don't think with the technology that we have nowadays it, that it can. But I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not an engineer or. A, a yeah. So I mean, we're waiting on somebody. Come yeah, on, somebody well, we are. Think well, of this. But there's there's all kinds of advancements that are coming down the pipe in this, yeah. and and ga- and natural gas, and I'll just the. Uh, um, that pro the program we have kind of until the new year and i don't think we're going to get rebates for the natural gas inserts anymore because we're as a province we're moving oh, right. away from the fossil fuels so that's yes. just a little tidbit that if if anybody's looking to um upgrade into a natural gas kind of insert do it 
soon. Natural gas insert like a fireplace into yeah. If you or or if you're changing out your wood stove and putting in a, a natural gas or a propane unit in, instead of the wood stove in the wood stove exchange program. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the, and and I, rightfully so. The the province is moving away from fossil fuels, so the, that will be removed from the program. They'll support heat pumps and they'll support the still the upgrade of the wood stove, um, but. But, um, so the 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 idea of, in terms of air quality is looking at heat pumps and baseboard heaters. Potent, yeah, I would talk to I would talk to a qualified uh, heat pump person. There's, but I mean, like provincially, like that's sort of where they're aiming at. I can't speak for the okay for the province. I'm just speaking, just thinking for the individual homeowner up here in the north and what you okay. would want to think about. You need a really, you do need a qualified person to be putting it into your home, yeah. to be sourcing it and putting it in your home anyway. Yeah. But. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for a break, and we're talking with Patience Ricacci of PG Air. Developed as a restorative practice for people living with arthritis, enjoy gentle seated Tai Chi Friday, July 15th at the library. Instructor Tom Hind will lead participants through the one hour drop in session. You can take part either seated or standing. A great way to stay active even for those with mobility issues. Gentle seated Tai Chi Friday, July 15th from 1 to 2 at the Bob Harkins branch of your Prince George Public Library. Hosted by the Grizzly Bear Foundation, the Indigenous Roundtable on Grizzly Bear Conservation and Bear Viewing Ecotourism is an Indigenous-led process framework composed of First Nations and Indigenous businesses from areas wherever grizzly bears roam. Elected First Nations chiefs, counselors, hereditary chiefs, resource staffs, Indigenous staff members of conservation organizations, and owners of Indigenous bear viewing operations are invited to join the Roundtable. More information is available through the Indigenous Roundtable link under Our Work at Grizzly Bear Foundation. As this month's artist-in-residence, Julian Leger is bringing queer performance and storytelling to the Yamanika Art Centre. Saturday night at 8 is AMAB, Inclined to Softness, a work-in-progress performance combining drag, burlesque, and storytelling. For more information or to reserve a space for this unique event, email julian.s.leger at gmail.com. AMAB, Inclined to Softness, a work-in-progress performance, 8 o'clock Saturday night at Amanika Arts Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada, sunny today, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, with winds in the northwest at 20, a high of 31 with a very high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight, northwest winds becoming light this evening, a low of 13. For Friday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon, with winds in the northwest at 20, a high of 29 with a very high UV index. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, Trudy Clausen back with Patience Ricacci of PG Air talking about uh, the Prince George Air Shed and things that we can do to um, just make our air healthier for us because wherever lots of people live, there's stuff in the air. So, and that stuff is, um, that stuff, I'm very technical this morning, uh, <laughs> it can make us sick. Um, so one thing that we were talking about is transportation emissions and vehicle emissions. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I will. I think you just hit on a couple of things. First of all, with the heat, everybody's kind of lacking sleep because we don't, <laughs> we're all in the same boat this morning. Um, and, 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 you know, the vision of PG Air is that, you know, um, good quality air is everybody's, is everybody's right, but looking after it is everybody's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really what 
we're, we're kind of about um, uh, transportation emissions come from a, uh, a bunch of different sources you can imagine you know aircrafts marine rail vehicle um, and the one that we can really as individuals make a difference on I guess you could choose to not travel by air um, you can you can make those choices but uh, in, in terms of everyday um, we can we can change our driving habits and and that's a big one so uh, the compounds in vehicle emissions are linked to respiratory and cardiovascular illnesses and are most concentrated around railways and cities as we know and uh, and we're fortunate and I think that's I think about that um, where we are we don't see we don't see what's in the air can you imagine if all the particles were actually colored and we could see what we were breathing well they can in in Shanghai and Beijing that's from that's the when you think of air quality that's kind of what you picture is those those big concentrations of smog um, and and we are fortunate we don't we don't really mean we we have days where there's are where there are inversions and we do see smog but yeah generally or lots of days we don't see it so it's not really in our face so we we're not really thinking of it but if we can, um, we you know we go a little bit goes a long way to and it adds up and makes a big difference. But um, um, I'll ref- I'll refrain from delving into the science and the more complex parts of uh, of how vehicles operate. But uh, combustible engines and exhaust systems are complicated and require you know co- qualified mechanics to assess and maintain. Um, the most important takeaway from vehicle emissions is to change our habits. Uh, educate ourselves, of course, and, and change our habits. Uh, rising prices of fuel is hitting everybody in the pocketbook, which, of course, is one way to change our driving habits a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, the way we drive, the frequency, et cetera. Um, but we can create a whole culture around this, and it benefits everyone. So what can we do to reduce uh, vehicle emissions, I think, is the big one. Um, we can choose to work from home, use video conferencing, I mean, the technology. And that's thanks to COVID. I didn't want to say it because yeah. <laughs> we no, talked mean, it about has, it. Yeah. it. It really changed. It really changed yeah. a lot of things. Um, it, it changed the way we're doing things. We well, I know, cause, yeah, because I mean, I'm a, p- a member of a board where we're, we're deciding that, uh, uh, you know what, we really don't want to drive into town. So we would rather just meet virtually. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It, we are. I think there's a few groups that in PGA are included. You know, we are, we really want to, we want to have that personal meeting. Yes. So I think our, our we have a, an AGM or not an AGM, sorry, a board meeting in September and and we're going to try as, as best we can to meet in person because yeah. you kind of need oh, yeah. that human totally. connection a yeah. little bit. But but you can for the, for a lot a of, lot of uh, things you can you can yeah. you can meet virtually. We can carpool. We can use our public transit. Um, you know we we do have that available in Prince George. We can walk. We can cycle. Uh, and then there's things like just the driving itself, like driving at a steady speed and avoiding rapid acceleration, avoiding idling for long periods of time. Idling is a big one. It's sitting there. You're not getting anywhere, and you are. Vehicle emissions are are terrible. They're terrible for for us to be breathing in. Um, and okay, so vehicle emissions—they're not a particulate matter, correct? Uh, there is per, there is particulate matter, especially with diesel combustion diesel okay. engines. Yeah, okay. it differs the gas and the diesel. Again, I'm not a mechanic, and I'm I'm not I I don't want to get too deep into the science of those. But uh, but there are particulate matters definitely that come out of okay. uh, of your tailpipes. Um, yeah, and I would, you know, if you really want to understand that better, I encourage people to talk to their mechanic and talk to their mechanic about maintaining their vehicle, you know, changing the oil when when you should and, and keeping your tires inflated. And there's little things that can go a long way mm-hmm. to reducing the emissions that your car puts out. Right. So one thing that I was asking about is the DEF because um, for log trucks, well, log mm. trucks, that's my experience. <laughs> <laughs> and just looking at this massive pile of bottles and going, wait a minute, is this really... Does this really make sense? Like, 
like because I, you had a there was a phrase and I for the life of me I, I was I was googling it well, and trying like, to find it's a chain of custody thing chain of custody that's, that's right it's different too from the life cycle of right of the whole thing and okay but in terms of emissions what's the difference and because it, like it's an extra step it costs more money all of that kind of stuff well yeah uh, diesel exhaust uh, fluid is a big one and I did I did go and I. I talked to a, a, a qualified, like a certified, a guy that this is what he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows it in and out. And actually, he talked. I made I made profuse amounts of notes. And uh, all right, well, let's hear. Yeah, him. I know. What well, have you got on that? So I guess I don't. I guess we'll back up. So a d- diesel exhaust fluid is a combination of synthetic um, vehicle grade urea and deionized water, and it's injected into your truck's exhaust system. Um, and it's designed to break down the harmful emissions into non-hazardous nitrogen and water. And it's supposed to reduce our emissions by about 90%. So that's about, about yeah, that's how what, much? By about 90%. That's what nine they say. Zero. That supposedly. Yes, wow. Nine zero of it, uh, coming out of a diesel. I, I don't know here oh. in North America if that necessarily happens. Our system here in North America is different than the system that they use in Europe. And I, I guess I, I do kind of want to be careful about where I go with all that because... It's it isn't my area of expertise by okay, any but means, that, but but I mean just just anecdotally mm-hmm. the stories that I've heard of people talking about how eighty six to ninety percent I think is what they what they state, but yeah, I mean let's just say a lot. Yeah, um, the stories that I've heard about what DEF does is like in a shop. It used to be that if you had one diesel truck running in a shop in a large shop, you could barely stand to be in the building. Yeah, whereas now you can have ten running. And it has about the same effect as the one truck running. Yeah. So, I mean, that is sort of an anecdotal example of how what the, the difference that DEF makes. Yes, but what we what what I think are we I don't know fails the right word. What we fail to do here is actually look at the whole system. You you talked about the big jugs of DEF fluid. Yeah, they are they're great big plastic jugs. Uh, DEF actually has a shelf life, and it does it gets impacted by light. Oh. So. Yeah, that's and why also, they come in a cardboard box as well. Yes, so ah. yeah, it breaks down in light, and okay. it has it doesn't have a very long lifespan. But so, and there are there's you you add this fluid to your vehicle, and that has to either be well, it should be recycled. I'm hoping that people are recycling their DEF yeah. containers. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that that's just part of the system. I mean, there's also the entire exhaust system itself, which is comprised of some you know rare metals and some other things that go into these massive systems. Yeah. Now, if you let's just say hypothetically um, jumped in your truck with a your your nice new truck with a DEF system on it, and you drove to the Saskatchewan border, let's just say it would take you two tanks of fuel to get there. Maybe yeah. just over two tanks of fuel to get to the Saskatchewan border. And you get there. You take the DEF system out, which you can do, yeah. and you turn around and drive back, and it'll take you just over a tank to get back. Ah. So it burns it, and I and I don't want to get into, I don't want to get too deep because I'll get down a rabbit hole and not be yeah. able to get out. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's just the way that the system burns. You're using more fuel to cover the same distance that you would use using less fuel. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of work that there's needs a lot. To be there done. is. There's just it is. It's a it's a big it it, it it's potentially a, a very big subject matter. And and we I mean diesel engines do the grunt work. That's they why do. we have yeah. them. They're long haul trucks. They're logging trucks. They're all these things. Yeah. They're, and the power they produce they, is they have, it's exponentially immense. more. It is. So yeah. um, 
I'm I'm sure, and I don't know who who, but I'm sure that there's work being done because the emissions out of diesel trucks are significant. Right? Yeah, but we we need them, but we do, and so we have. That's a problem that we need to solve. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's uh, I'm talking with patients uh, from PG Air, and it's time for a break. We'll be back. Our city's favorite lemonade stand competition is back Wednesday, August 3rd. Local restaurants and businesses will go head-to-head to determine who has the best lemonade in town, who will be crowned the Big Squeeze for 2022. Full details are available on the Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northern BC Facebook page. Big Brothers Big Sisters Big Squeeze Citywide Lemonade Competition. Wednesday, August 3rd from 10 to 2. Contact Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northern BC to take part. Watts Art Academy has plenty of great art workshops coming up. Learn to make organic watercolor paints. Pick up quality tips on color mixing. Sketch it. Paint it. Create a travel journal. Or discover the art of watercolor botany. The next workshop is on watercolor botany, Sunday, August 14th from noon to 3 at the Railway and Forestry Museum. Find out more or sign up at the wattsartacademy.ca. Watts Art Academy Workshops. Get creative this summer. The 30th Annual Antiques and Collectibles Fair is back this fall. October 1st and 2nd, check out a great variety of antiques and collectibles at the Roller Dome. Admission is just $5, $4 for seniors and students, and children under 6 get in free. A weekend pass is $8. In support of the South Bowl Community Association, the 30th Annual Antiques and Collectibles Fair, Saturday, October 1st from 10 to 5, and Sunday, October 2nd from 10 to 4 at the Roller Dome. Opening soon at Two Rivers Gallery, Decolonizing Healthcare, this new exhibition will feature work by CNC and UNBC students of health services, including beating, tufting, drums and rattles, made during workshops created through Emily Carr University. Facilitated by Indigenous artists, the exhibit will be focused around conversations about institutionalized harm and systemic inequity in the healthcare field. Decolonizing Healthcare, August 12th through September 25th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFISFM. All right, uh, Trudy back with uh, Patience from PG Air. So uh, we just have a few minutes left. Patience, what are some of the things that you'd like to sort of have people take away? Well, I, I guess um, a few of the key messages that I kind of jotted down were um, that if elevated particulate matter does uh, poses the greatest persistent challenge in elevated way. particulate matter elevated particulate matter and poses that's the, the greatest dust. challenge it's it it's pm10 and pm2.5 so it's not just dust it okay. comes from it has various sources as right. we talked about yeah um but pm2.5 consistently approaches um is approaching or and and can be above sometimes the provincial objectives um, and data supports the need for continued air, uh, continued and active airshed management of of these manageable sources. Okay. So again, uh, it's really it, some of it's a little bit tough, and I'll get into that in a second. But wildfire has also, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's seasonal and sometimes very, very has a very different impact on air quality, including the particulate matter. Um, so yeah, because th- during, that's a during those topic. fires when we had all of that, those days and days of smoke. Yeah. What did they, what was the, I mean, do you remember the numbers of what they were saying? Like it was like the equivalent being out in that smoke for a day was the equivalent of smoking. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, remember what it they was were saying. It was some sort of crazy number and it's but, like, But whoa. it was high. And then, yeah. and of course, then people, especially individuals that have um, chronic lung uh, uh, resp- or respiratory matters have to be very conscious and they're yeah. hyper aware of, of that 
matter in the air. But uh, um, anyway, uh, there's there's also evidence of in, increasing PM10 um, during the spring and in recent months, and slightly due to the to the uh, dust and winter traction material that's getting swept up. So we just, um, as a community, uh, just being conscious uh, of of things that we do and talking um, to each other and getting keeping yourself abreast of. Uh, things that you can do to change the way that you think and the way that you conduct daily activity, just little things. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's, so there's not any one solution. It's going to be a number of approaches and a lot of knowledge that goes into, into um, making a difference. But, and so as, even as we're saying that, I mean, it's, we, we've made progress, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we don't need to feel like totally terrible about, about um, the things that we have done. One thing that you mentioned earlier uh, is vegetation. You just mentioned it briefly, yeah. and it's like, so what role does vegetation play so, in... Uh, yeah, I'll, well, I'll, I guess one of the other things I think that we all need to be doing is planning, um, thinking about, and it's not just, this isn't just, a, this isn't just around air quality, but lots of the things that we do will also help the climate in general. So, yeah. you know, the reduction of fossil fuels and whatnot, like that, that's having an impact, not just on air quality, but on, on our general environment and, and, uh, greenhouse gas emissions and all that type of thing. So, um, yes, pl- you know, the city and residents, uh, planning to have, you know, for vegetation and have having vegetative spaces they create um areas where you know vegetation well it does all kinds of things i'm a forester i love vegetation. <laughs> yeah go ahead but, yeah you i know go. but yeah it it, it uh it takes carbon carbon dioxide out of the air and produces right. oxygen for one thing but yeah. it also um helps cool um there was they were interviewing somebody on cbc this morning that was talking about um vegetation being about vegetative cover in cities upwards of 40% having the greatest impact on cooling and temperatures within yes. urban areas. So there's something just to be looking forward to in planning. And when we get the opportunity to, you know, plant those spaces, really thinking about what we're putting there too, and thinking about the impacts that, that the environment around that vegetation is going to have on it. So we pick the right species, the right trees, that type of thing to put in those areas. Um, we also have things coming down the pipe, you know, electric cars are in our face, electric, I have an electric bike and mm. I, it's brand new to me and I'm loving it. But, um, and that's, these are things that not everybody can afford. Uh, you know, necessarily afford right now, but we can be planning for them and, and thinking ahead and saving. And like I said, it's not going to be one solution. It's going to be a, a bunch of solutions, you know, solar panels and wind turbines and all those things in terms of climate. Um, yeah, we, it, it's just sort of keeping, you know, we need to be paying attention and we need to be demanding the information from those from them, those that are, I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making sure that we have the information and we're, we're asking the right questions so that we are informed when we make the choices and um, we make a choice that's good for us and for our mm-hmm. family and for the community. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things just top of your mind that, that the average person can do without spending any money to improve air quality, not only in their yard, in their house, um, but like for their neighbors as well? Exactly. Well, um, we we did we were talking about dust, so you can choose to um, maintain your maintain your driveway uh, in in conditions that are damp, so that you're not ca- you're not picking up dust if you're sweeping your driveway, or you ca- you maintain your car um, according to the manufacturer stuff. And talk to your mechanic about maybe there's some things that you know you might not know or might not be in your manual that you can do to be maintaining your car so that the emissions are less. You can drive less. 
you can walk, you can bike, you can carpool. If those are available, take public transportation. Active transportation is a really good one, especially for individuals that do live, you know, close to things. It's not always easy, but even if you even if you chose to do it one day a week, mm-hmm. um, makes a big difference. And it's just it's those little pieces at a time. You know, it all adds up. So, like, if you've got a rug that needs to be, like, for instance, a rug that needs to be shaken out. <laughs> I'm just thinking really basic stuff, right? Yeah. Like, is there something that you can do about that? Because if your rug needs to be sh- shook out, like let's say it's your uh, the one the welcome mat by your front door. Yeah. Like, what is a good time of day to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if do you have to have a mat. <laughs> that would be my first thing. But then it increases because if you don't have a mat, then you get more air dust in your house, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is so it... So then you're vacuuming with a vacuum that has a filter on it. A filter. Or on a really damp day or yeah. in the morning when it's not you as... You can turn your mat upside down and kind of beat on the back of it. All instead right. Instead of flipping it into the air. Okay. Um, All right. We're going yeah. places. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking... No, it's small. I know things. it's like small potatoes, but, but, but it is. at the end of the day, it all adds up. Because right? this stuff ends up in our lungs, right? Well, that's why we all get together and we talk about these things because we learn from each other. Yeah. You know, there might be somebody listening that goes, hey, I know exactly how we should be doing that. But, yeah. you know, if we're not talking to them, we, never, we don't pick that up. But sharing sharing these stories and these ideas and these little things that, that all add up at the end of the day. Because, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm looking at at dust as the one thing that that I could see people can. Because you can see it. Because you can see it, but also, and it, and it is, it's the particulate matter, right? Yeah. Um, and that is one thing, like if you can even, I mean, golly, what if we all took better care of our dust and made sure we produce less dust, like 50% less? Yep. That would have well, an impact. The thing is idling. If you, if people, if people chose to, um, to reduce their idling by three minutes a day, that's something like one point, that's like $1.3 million. It's 630 liters of fuel if, if, if we in Canada decided to just not idle for three minutes a day. <laughs> okay. So there, that's a big one, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that is. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Patience, you did a, you did yeah, a grand job. And a little bit, but no, uh, first time for everything. <laughs> exactly. And we don't get better at stuff unless we practice. No, so I appreciate that. Maybe and, I'll come back someday when we do some other things and have some projects on the go. So. Sounds great. Patience, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks and, for the opportunity. All right. Have a lovely day. Okay. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFISFM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.